yeah, I believe that the best way to start this is to give a little introduction to Anastasia, who I absolutely adore. You have to be the sassiest and strongest equestrian that I know. You're very good at managing your family business, you're very good at managing your horses and very good at keeping people accountable, which is one of the things I love most about you. But perhaps you can talk a little bit more about yourself instead of me introducing you. Yeah, first of all, Marie, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's beyond special and I'm so, so glad I get to come in here today and talk a little bit our shared passion and our shared values and character as well um but most importantly um i think it's been a long couple of months for me so i'm really glad i get to talk about it and um yeah i'm happy to be on here today let's discuss some important things that is super, super good. Look at you, how PR classes have paid off. <laughs> so I think that the first thing that I really, really want to cover is your latest weight, because that's the most recent achievement that you've had. I'd love to talk about that, talk about Jimmy, talk about your preparation and everything that kind of comes around your life as a rider, especially nowadays, considering what you're facing and the challenges you have in your life. Yeah, so, um, okay, I've been riding for quite a while now. I've been riding for eight or nine years now. I've had some ups and downs as any athlete, and it it was a long road to where I am right now. I've been so lucky to have uh, always amazing horses and always a good string of horses, and it was a great way up. Um, Obviously, values and success and everything accordingly changed in the past two months because they mean an absolute different thing now. But it was amazing to, for example, I keep on going now with shows, uh, which I'm so, so lucky to be able to do and to continue to represent Ukraine on an international circuit. So um, it's amazing that I am able to achieve some results for the country. The whole meaning of success and wins and result completely changed to me. You know, I win now not only for myself or my parents or my horses or my trainer, I, I win for the country now. And I think that's very, very special and meaningful. Um, I hope that I can keep on going with this. And I think the more I do, and even although it gets so tough and hard, the more I push, the more grateful and you know, uh, more gratitude I receive from it. Because there's nothing more rewarding than to go in in the ring and then come out with the result for your country you know I never quite understood that before but now I have a very clear understanding what that means that's brilliant I'm so freaking proud of you it's ridiculous you you are so strong and so inspiring to myself and so many different people what would you say has helped you the most in winning this class well let's just say it took a while first of all it took a while for me to even be able to get motivation. When everything happens, your values completely change. And and although I live horses, horses are my whole life. First and foremost, you know, I'm a human. I'm a young girl. I'm a daughter of someone. I'm a sister of someone. And um and and everything changed. So writing was a little bit challenging the first couple of weeks, I would say, to be able to go back to the stables, you know, and do this, you know, again and to have make plans while someone else cannot even see tomorrow that was difficult but I think um, it was exciting to come to a show like this it was exciting to be selected to ride the U25s here and I almost felt you know 
good amount of pressure on me to be able to pull it all together and tell myself that okay this one counts you know and um and it felt great to win uh, preparation wise if i am being very honest these couple of months i've probably had the least preparation in my entire life for shows and i had the best results i don't know how that is possible but it just your mindset is completely different and my mindset is completely different and i truly am the biggest believer now that it is all about the mind you know you can do as much flat work pole work jumping uh, as you want but it's your mind that does wonders and and i think that's when your mind is the strongest that's when it all comes together and i've been really lucky to be surrounded by you know great trainer alex duffy who really makes sure that he pushes me enough with the preparation but not too much given the circumstances that we're in and then if I'm lucky and everything comes together and for that one or two minutes and then it all works out then hoorays at the end of the round <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people screamed yesterday when they saw you win that was brilliant yeah it was really happy my my beautiful neighbors came to visit me and they didn't know nothing about horses and it was also amazing to win in front of them but they said how is it possible that the riders before you no one clapped or whistled you finished your round and everyone stood up and were whistling and i said well i think that's something to do with the country as well <laughs> but no it was it was so so rewarding it was crazy yeah No, it's it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I could I could just sit there and get emotional hearing you. It really gets to me. Uh, you know that you mean so much to so many people, and even us. Like I wouldn't say that we're close friends at all. We've interacted a few times, and we were in business together, and we do different things. But like shit, the amount of times that I teared up hearing about your stories and what you're going through and everything. Like every single day, I'm just on the LLF Instagram, and I'm like, okay, let's go and and follow the. I even donated just a little bit just to be there and stuff. How is that for you to manage that? Because like donations is very difficult to manage. Art, um, there's so much implemented within that operation. How did that start? How do you manage it? Yeah, I have to say that first of all, um, LLF. What it is is the little large and little and large foundation. What it does is it helps animals who are suffering in Ukraine now and who are heavily and hugely affected by the war there. Um, why we started it? It was because I felt like I had power to, you know, make a difference, and I had power to influence a certain aspect of Ukraine. And even though you know there's nothing more that I want than to help the soldiers and people. You know, it's important to understand what your circle is and how most effectively you can help. For me, it was animals. And um, what we do now is we've done amazing work, which I'm beyond proud of. Um, and we've already supplied so, so, so many villages, towns, cities with supplies, medication. We're cooperating with a whole chain of vet clinics and weekly we supply them with you know disposables medication antibiotics whatever it is we try and get it to them um, donations are a, a very very difficult process but above all logistics are the most complicated logistics at war are something else completely i mean border control is a very very difficult topic as it is but during war it has a complete different meaning to it um so that has been one of the most i think difficult things but i've learned a lot i've learned i've learned how to 
do declaration papers, official declaration papers. I've learned how to be in contact with 10 people at once. And I and I have an amazing team around me who are helping me and supporting. And I've, uh, and I've learned how our world is, you know, who, who can, you know, can be simultaneously so, so cruel and mean and heavy and disastrous and breaking, but also so loving and caring and generous and and you know when those collide you can definitely see that the positive always wins you know the good will always go above the bad and i think that's also what you know we strive to do yeah i think i think that that there's so much that comes around educating also because there's one big piece of work that you've done is, is education. A lot of people we hear, like, for example, I'm here right now in Barcelona, life is normal, whereas in Ukraine it's not, and it's not that far. It's not that far. It's like a two-hour flight away. But to us, it's it's far because we don't, I don't know, for some reason people don't realize how close it is and how involved we should all be because if everyone was involved whether it is the people that are equestrian working to help the equestrian community or the horses or the animals or if it was just the general people that all gave a little bit of money a little bit of support even if it's not money it's social media it's using your voice it's providing support in a way or another like i've got friends that they booked airbnb nights just for people because it gave them you know direct access to funds and things there's so many ways that don't cost anything and anyone that you speak to would want to be kind but a lot of people they don't really get it i think so in terms of this is a difficult topic and you don't have to dive into it but in terms of impact you must have had access to data as a foundation what's the impact on the equestrian community in ukraine right now and on the animals generally so I would say, okay, I would split it into East and West, you know, there's a, a complete different situation happening in the West of Ukraine and in the, the East. The East, I would say that maybe over 85% of stables or the equestrian community is it's destroyed, simply. It just has been bombed, ruins, and um, a lot, a lot have been evacuated into the west of Ukraine. So Lviv is jam-packed, Rovna is jam-packed um, of evacuated horses. Just, you know, Kharkiv was left with maybe the hippodrome of Kharkiv is, is fine, and then like a couple more stables, but majority, 70% of Kharkiv stables were completely dismantled, you know, or it was no longer, they, they could not stay there, you know, they had to let the horses loose or they had to urgently relocate them because otherwise they would probably not survive it. Um, when we're talking about Kiev, they've had to go through some difficult uh, things such as, you know, uh, complete uh, a low amount of feed and supplies and, and it was difficult for them to upkeep the horses. But we don't have too many destroyed stables, which is a big plus because we could relocate horses into that region. Um, if you look all around Ukraine, it's difficult to get statistics because within Ukraine, we try and keep the moral up, you know. So even when it's something to do with, um, you know, facilities destroyed, infrastructure destroyed or um, human lives, you know, lost, we they keep the data private in order to keep, you know, the morals up high. But of course, that we know that Kharkiv, Lugansk, you know, that 
there's nothing there anymore and it's heartbreaking and and if you you know you have to help these stables because you know you there were people at those stables there were horses at those stables they had to go somewhere and relocate they had to run without anything no you know when we're talking about passports where's passports those were burnt down or you know locked in a safe of a building that's completely all down you know they have no chance of getting through the borders internationally. There is no chance. And for us to understand that there is still like, you know, coronets in place or documentation in place. We're talking about lives of these animals. Like these are show horses as well. But I mean, not everyone is lucky to be able to pay 800 euros and move them across to Poland. That's just not possible. And that's also something that I wish I could also target. Maybe, you know, as we go up, we could, we have a bigger sphere of things. I would love to speak to someone and say, hey, listen, this was a huge crisis. Why on earth did we not loosen up uh, the laws for these, you know, for these type of procedures? Because it was impossible. And that's why so many died, because they just didn't know where to go or what to do. They just had to let the horses loose. And then occupants, occupants had them, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very very difficult to hear. Do you think that the that the FBI, for example, could do something to help? That like, if you had to speak to someone through that, I hope this podcast can get to people in a way or another. What would you ask, really? Like, what would you ask from the FBI or from federations? Yeah, definitely. I think the FBI has done great work in allocating a certain amount of money that is going to uh, uh, this foundation that our president of the federation has started to build up and I work closely with them and they have done amazing, amazing work and also evacuating horses, relocating. Uh, we work with them in a way that we share warehouses and we're in contact with, you know, stable. if we have a bit more supplies left over and they have a stable that they need to help, you know, we, we kind of co co collaborate together. Um, so FBI has done um, enough to help with monetary and funding donations. The only thing I would say is that, of course, the 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 legalities around it that what makes it difficult. You know, we had we had things like a Romanian border. So we Ukraine is here, and then we're surrounded by Moldova, uh, Romania, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland and uh, Slovakia, and all these borders. They had different sort of controls, and the one thing that I would say would have been the most effective and it's still day to day is to have as much access to the information that all these different border controls require because if you for example if a person coming from a village you know rescuing that one horse and they have those 800 euros that they've collected from all their saves and you know their parents and the grandparents and they've all collected that and they come to like a romanian border and there's something that's not right, that's it. You know, they have to turn around and go through the whole hell again and get to another border where maybe they let them through. We needed more information. We needed more clarity on which border to use, which borders are the easiest, what do you need, what documentation, that's it. And how long, you know, how fast can you get out? That's it. But I do have to say that, of course, the federations are trying to do as much as possible and... Um, I had a lot of access to uh, 
our um, you know federation data because of course many people uh, within the federation were hiding in bunkers and i had the leisure of you know being out here so i took over some things and i mean uk has been absolutely incredible they've been donating so much they've been helping with logistics also romania uh, they have been amazing and the fei has helped in- immensely to build up um stables you know those temporary boxes for evacuated horses so yeah everything is moving it's just the speed and every day you know costs us lives yeah that's uh i mean i have no idea how you how you manage that first off like uh, you, you can you can now go manage any multinational anastasia <laughs> no yeah. but it's it's incredible work it's really really is incredible work i feel like I feel like people need to really gather around that cause and I feel like many already have but if every stable could donate a bag of feed if every stable could you know instead of spending 100 bucks on getting the whole shoot well they spend 200 they get the whole shoot and donate 100 to little large foundation if foundation if like you know people can give their extra veterinary equipment or whatever it may be this could this could be huge um, in terms of achievements trying to keep it on a positive note because i'm gonna i'm gonna end up crying like i'm holding myself together and not to get emotional here you know me um it's, this is crazy what is the biggest achievement that the little large foundation has done on a specific case like do you have a specific story of an animal for example or something like yeah. that? yeah yeah so well of course there's so much honestly my my mind directly spreads to so many i mean above all we've we've been able to import like over I think 250 tons of supplies and I mean before that I didn't quite understand what a ton means now I have a very clear understanding how much space that takes you know in a lorry or in a truck and how big the truck I need to transport that so I mean that has been obviously incredible uh one amazing amazing thing was that um we were able to evacuate uh, some horses uh, from a close friend. Well, uh, you know, more like a colleague. She's also an athlete herself. And, and that has been an incredible achievement. More closely of my partner who works with LLF because she was really hands-on. For me, I think it was uh, arranging supplies from Switzerland in a way that we know where Switzerland is. We know where Ukraine is. We know how many things can go wrong on the way and how many things did go wrong on the way. And for, you know, uh, for supplies to get into Kharkiv, because uh, that's a red zone. And for me to be able to, you know, be one of the first people to help Kharkiv for animal supplies that was incredible, you know, because, you know, I saw how how peace those people were as much as they could. You know, they're not that peace. You can't even call that, you know, peace. But how what I could do to them to just give them a little part of peace uh, from that. And, um, yeah, Switzerland have been amazing. Six, 60 tons of supplies were delivered all the way from Switzerland into Kharkiv, Ukraine. Uh, the one of the reddest zones, if you could call it that, uh, during our war. That's uh, you blow my mind. I feel like I feel like this is something that I that I thoroughly insist on is that everyone that can help in a way or another, whether it's twenty bucks, whether it's bag of feed, whatever it may Absolutely. be, like we all need to get onto this because this is. Absolutely. I feel like, and this is my own opinion. Now again, I don't want to get into politics, but people that don't 
react or voice their um, yes. voice the fact that they're against something yeah participate yeah. to its approval in a way or another you know what i mean it is i totally agree with that completely i think ignorance is the biggest biggest pain ever i mean that hurts even more because it's as if you're supporting the other side we have an amazing question community and this is partially why i started doing this because i know the community and i know how much it can help but you know even donating whatever five years ten years if every person does that incredible things can be accomplished you know and i'm not saying you know i'm not saying oh donate to this some some you know everything is so transparent you know you see directly everything you know companies the organization is registered everything is online everything that you're in contact directly with the people and this is not some theoretical thing you know this is human lives this is closer than portugal this is closer than some bits of spain and you could be helping them with even five years or ten years that you know that you just don't get yourself a can of coke or or i don't know it's just it's simple we 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 spend so much on these horses and i love them you know i you know i love my beautiful horses i also spend enough on them but if that means that you know i don't know it's just it's it completely shifts my mindset and i think you're so so right not doing something not acting that's ignorance and ignorance is as painful as what is happening right now in ukraine from the side of russia 100% um i feel like taking this from an outsider's perspective, you're gonna probably realize by the next few years when that war is over and where everything is is better um, for your country that this, despite how horrible and disgusting and inhuman that is, because it's completely inhuman, there's nothing that can explain what's happening. Um, it's gonna make you a very different person, a much more mature, incredible young lady. And I feel like despite the pain that you're going through, because you can tell, I mean, it's it's pure pain and you're so strong and holding yourself together. And, and that's what I'm saying, you're inspiring to every one of us. This is gonna make you so, so strong. And, and I'm sure this is gonna probably drive you to go more towards your philanthropic and your, and your, you know, activism side of your personality. Because I do know that you've got, you've got that in you too. Um, so talking about, so you've, we've spoken about what we can do, um, people can directly come to the LLF foundation, message you on Instagram, I'm sure even, well, message the Instagram of the, of the foundation or even message bridal. I mean, I'm happy to make intros and, and figure it out. Um, yeah. can I just point out that it's not only about donations. You can do so much without donating, you know, spreading awareness, education, like Marie said, just telling people about it, you know, DMing, posting it somewhere on Instagram, picking up a phone and calling me, seeing how you can help with logistics, you know, just a helping hand in whatever way or form that looks like that can make a huge difference to us, a huge difference to Ukraine and the equestrian community there. Oh, exactly, exactly. And I feel like I feel like this is definitely something people have to wrap their head around. In terms of... Um, the sports side of things. How is the Ukrainian community? Because you're not the only athlete competing internationally. I do see that there's some other athletes competing right now, um, still on the international scene and representing the country. What has been their response? What have they done? Because I don't believe it's just you that's done something to support the cause. No, I think uh, I think it's very difficult to uh, you know to see how not to see it's very difficult to judge how everyone 
uh, reacts to it, you know, and, and I think we all have a different coping mechanism, you know, for me, it was first, you know, completely being frozen and then jumping into action and working, working, working to get through this. For some, you know, it's just taking a step back and watching how everything happens. But I will tell you for sure that every Ukrainian that are out here that are, you know, athletes competing on international, they have they have contributed to the cause immensely, you know. They've I know, for example, uh, our brilliant Alexander who participated at the Olympic Games um last year he's been also gathering a lot of supplies from his side you know and and his family has been great in ukraine so everyone does their part you know and everyone supports each other so i for example received great support yesterday from my win and and i think it does bring us much closer as a community you know we have to we have to even though you know europe and and internationally we're supported we're supported like no you know no other day but we understand how we feel, you know, and they cannot. And that's the difference. That's why we have to stick together, because we know how this feels from deep down, you know. And even though some can, you know, try and be compassionate, you can't completely understand. And and we are not even asking. So so it, it did bring us closer together. We check up on each other a lot. And um, and we try and help as much as possible, all in our, you know, different way. No, that's beautiful. I feel like we also have to outline the positive side of things and, and keep it as positive as it can be. Definitely, um, yeah. To finish on a, on a, that's a complex question because everything is kind of, you know, uncertain. You don't really know what's happening and what's going to happen. But I know you're also involved in law school and all of this and... I don't know if you're going to go back to law school or what's happening with, with that and how do you manage the foundation potentially ending a gap year and going back to school or what's going on? That's what I want to know. What's the future of Anastasia Bondareva? Big question, I know. Oh, Marie, this is such a great question. A question that I always dread to answer, even in my own head. And for me to speak it and say it out loud, that's difficult. But um, practically, my gap year ended on the 24th of uh, February you know another six months to go for other students but Anastasia had to um, Anastasia had to end her gap year early but um, with that in mind I realized that I have to start doing something now Um, the leisure I had before is that I always had a safety net around me you know my family my country everything now I don't have that anymore, sadly, and I need to I need to do a lot of things. And uh, my choice was that I'm going to go and work. And actually, Monday we are on. What are we on? Friday. Monday is my first day of work. Twenty fifth so of exciting. April. <laughs> first job. And then um, first job. Uh, no experience. No experience, just the sassy and hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on to whoever the hell is gonna hire you. No experience is bullshit. I dare a CEO of that company to try to manage cross-border logistics and be as sassy as you when you sell horses, because you're on top of your game. I can I can write now, a reference letter about that. <laughs> Literally. Now, Marie, I'm glad that you're sitting down because you'll be shocked what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm going to work for a large tech company based in Eindhoven, and I am going to be the recruiter of software professionals internationally. <laughs> this is funny. 
senior candidate. No, we, so, no, 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 by no, no, the way, no. I have to know a lot about software and tech. Look, this is perfect context. I'm here building a software about airplane trade. A year ago, it took you us were... 20 minutes to connect this, you know, <laughs> to stay. <laughs> it's just funny how how a year ago it was like crazy to talk about software and now this is going to be a job. You should be a representative of Bridal now, you know, <laughs> as a software in the equestrian world. Anyways, let's just not talk politics no, here. With no, everything, with everything going on, I felt like it was the right thing for me to, you know, to do and to, to feel active. I, I had this amazing opportunity practically handed to me and, and I couldn't not take it. A law school has always been my dream and I worked very, very hard to get into law school. Um, I do truly believe that I am going to be a lawyer one day and I'm going to do everything I can to get to that point. But it doesn't mean that I have to do it next year. It doesn't mean that I have to do it, you know, in the next five years. I will get there once the time is right. And this is a change that I have to accept, move on and get the best out of it. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Anastasia Pondarieva working at a tech company. Well, that the is... The foundation continues. My athletic ambitions are as high as always. I'm going to continue with that. This is just something that uh, is new and it's exciting. And yeah. I'm going to do. And I feel like... I feel like you're going to be able to, to learn so much and it's going to bring that more businessy side of it. And, uh, and yeah, and we'll be able to collaborate on many new levels. Look, um, course, yeah. we can close on that note. I'm super, super happy to have had this 30 minutes with you. I'm so proud of you. I'm beyond proud. There's no words. Um, and I'll probably call you later and start crying about it because this is, you're so amazing. Like, honestly. And uh, I'm definitely going to continue spreading the word on the LLF Foundation because I think that what you're doing is absolutely outstanding let's remind everyone that you're 23 22 21 me yeah i'm 18 oh fuck well there you go 18 <laughs> i'm not sure if you're supposed to swear on this or not <laughs> i honestly yeah. don't care at this stage <laughs> i can say it myself yeah, well, that's good. We'll have to, we'll have, you need to share the days with me so we can celebrate. But um, thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll be in touch very soon. Thank you so much, Marie, for having me on this podcast. It's always so amazing to speak to you and I hope that you guys love this as much as I did. No, we're going to love it. Well, I love it. So if no one loves it, there'll be a problem. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs>